0: In this week's episode, Chris is swallowing some big disdain as we talk about two pretty great books from Bad Idea Comics, as well as a very cool modern spy tale from Aftershock. It's all happening now on Cover B. Hey everybody, welcome back to Cover
1: B. Welcome back to Cover B. I come to you a man, arms outstretched in shame. (laughs) Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Because today... Today we are going to talk about two bad idea comics. (laughs) It's true! (laughs) We're only talking to you about three comics today. We're going to have two more as honorable mentions.
0: So the majority of today's comics are...
1: 66 plus percent of today's comics are... Or bad idea.
0: <laughs> the look of shame on his comes face, to you guys, is, on
1: bended knee—it's
0: palpable. The shame in this room. There.
1: So, I admittedly this isn't this isn't the first bad idea, and I have had a contentious relationship. Let's go ahead and say that I don't like the company. Uh, I don't like the gimmicky stuff that they do. I've never been a fan of gimmicks. ...in the comic industry because I feel like they punish stores unfairly just to drum up hype. A uh, big example of this is like the random end to Walking Dead, uh, for instance. Uh, and now Walking Dead... Kirkman is the king of this. He's the king of doing gimmicks that I feel like unfairly are unfairly negative to or towards stores... ...all for the sake of drumming up hype and creating this sensation among the readers... Mainly the flippers and (laughs) making the store suffer in the interim. So they, you know, now he's doing the color versions of Walking Dead. And it's like, ooh, look, like if you didn't get into the ground floor of Walking Dead, now you can pay me money again to get this book. Um, But now it's in color but it's the same book and it's just very gimmicky. And some people dig it and some people like it. So I'm not knocking the fans of it, but it's just Kirkman's the king of gimmicks. I've never been huge on gimmicks. Like I said, I think they unfairly punish stores and make it harder for stores to order things appropriately, uh, to profit well in a very complex and heavy competition environment. Um not a huge fan. Bad idea? That's their whole freaking shtick. They they literally are like the gimmickiest gimmick company ever. (laughs) All the way to the extent where right now they're going through the throes of their final five as their company falls apart, and you can't see the air quotes that I'm doing, but I hope you feel them. Wherein feel about I wanna say like a year earlier, or it might have been longer, the dude who runs Bad Idea got on a podcast and did an interview about how he was talking with his partners about how funny it would be to start up a company and then claim it was going under and then just rebranded as a different name. So what they're doing right now is literally lying to people. Ha ha. Take that people for a lark. So get ready for good idea comics at the end of 2021. Anyway, that's me ranting. So, Bad Idea and I have had a contentious relationship. We, I think, talked about ENIAC when it came out. Yes, um, we did. It was the first one that they launched. I didn't like it. T liked it okay. But as you continue to read it, it didn't really live up to what you hoped it would be, right? Yeah. Um, the
0: first issue was really engaging. And then yeah. as it walked away from the historical aspects, I stopped caring Yeah.
1: About we didn't talk about Tanker's... We didn't talk about uh, Caligula's Pizza. We didn't talk about (laughs) uh, Walesville. We didn't talk about uh, what was there was another one in there. Sleigh bells, because honestly, none of them were that good. Sleigh bells was just another Santa Claus goes crazy kind of story. We literally saw one of those about two years ago called Red Xmas. You know, there's a freaking weird owl song about it. I don't care about Santa going evil anymore. Did we talk- I would rather watch we Sleigh may Bells. We talked
0: about Sleigh Bells, but b- b- literally said, what about Red X? I don't
1: recall talking about Sleigh Bells. <laughs> I don't remember. But um, I would rather watch Sleigh Bells, the evil Santa Claus movie featuring Goldberg.
0: Oh, hell yeah. That um, movie's great.
1: Which I think is called Sleigh Bells or santa's sleigh maybe anyway um i think they're both we may have done an honorable (laughs) mentions of sleigh bells during the summer break and that's what i wanted to mention is this is so all of this ranting is coming to me saying that these two titles are not technically the first bad idea titles that i've enjoyed the lot is actually the first one they've put out, in my opinion, that I enjoyed. But I think I forgot to talk about that one. It happened during our summer break It oh, came okay. out. And I think I read it kind of late and forgot to put an entry in before we posted the entry. Gotcha. The Lot is very, very good. I highly recommend you pick it up. It's a good horror book. It's well-written. It's an interesting setting and an interesting premise. Worth reading. That said, these two books are also worth reading. Yeah. So who knows? Maybe in the death throes of this company, they've finally started putting out their heavy hitter comics. And what we might see is, like, our last few hit with such rave. Like, we got one coming out called Odin's Eye pretty soon. It looks really good. Um, But what we'll probably see is, like, our final five did so well that we've revived the company under this name or some stupid shit. Don't believe their lies. Bad idea. (laughs) Whatever they decide to call themselves later. It's all gimmicks. They're all just trying to play into third-party seller hype, and they're not treating stores very well. I don't care what people say. Um, it's it's a complex scenario that they've set up. That's all just bred on gimmicks. Don't support them, but get these books. <laughs> They're pretty good.
0: Because you want to support the writers and the artists.
1: I don't know how to do this episode without being a hypocrite. Someone help me.
0: Okay. We are
1: spiraling out of control. This is this is the answer. Yeah.
0: We are supporting the writers and artists who have created a really good product. That doesn't mean that we're actively supporting the company that has facilitated it because they do dumb shit.
1: Yeah. So Yep, I I'm apologizing too that I'm about to be talking about two bad idea comics. The reason I apologize is a. They're hard to get. There's only like 150 stores that have them in the United States. Mm-hmm. Maybe the contiguous in the United States. I don't know if there's any Alaska or Hawaii stores that have them. I don't know. Um, but, uh. Also. These sorts of books tend to get ravaged by the third-party scumbags, so you might have to pay for these. I wouldn't recommend it. Honestly, they're good books. You're not going to be missing anything if you don't read them. Um, they're just worth picking up if you can find them. Yeah. So that said, if you go online and somebody's like, haha, I somehow managed to clear out my store of all these Bad Idea Comics, even though they have a one-per-customer thing. It's weird how you see a lot of eBay accounts selling multiples <laughs> of these. Anyway. Um,
0: <laughs> the rage is so palpable. Not
1: not, <laughs> not me having done a deep-dive private investigator-style exploration into how many eBay accounts are selling Bad Idea books before the 30-day uh, period wherein they have to only charge cover, but they're selling them for more than cover and are... In the same city, uh, on eBay, listed as in the same city as various Bad Idea approved stores. It's weird how that works. They're not named after those stores, but they're in the same town, and they have a hundred copies of this book that they're selling for fifteen dollars, even though the store's not allowed to sell it for three more than four ninety nine or whatever. Anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> my life with Bad Idea has been rocky. It's been rocky. It's been rocky bad idea time but uh i wouldn't recommend buying these for more than cover if you can get them for cover their cover price is already ridiculous i think one of them's like 6.99 one of them's Jesus. 5.99 yeah their their cover price is already really egregious high. but that's what you get when you let gimmicky companies get away with murder uh so anyway let's stop ranting about the dangers of the industry and start talking about comics shall we
0: comics yay uh
1: so the first one up is monster kill squad number one this is from bad idea uh it is written by christos gauge with art by thomas giorello uh what we're thrust into in this book is a world where uh as narrated to us cryptozoological attacks have uh increased there's about one every week now um things like werewolves and greek myth monsters and eldritch deities and all sorts of crap uh crazy nightmare monsters are attacking everybody and the world doesn't know what's going on or how to handle it in comes the mks the monster kill squad a group of burly broody Recovering alcoholic, uh, witchcraft slinging, pope praising badasses <laughs> that their whole job is to take out these sorts of things. They're a government, they seem to be government funded. I don't know if they actually say, but they're well funded group. They have a literal prison full of monsters. Um, and they are sent in. We follow them as they're sent in. To take out a bunch of haunted demon clowns that are attacking an archaeology department in a college. T. What did you think?
0: So I started as I started this book, I was like, "Oh, this is gonna be silly and tacky." And I, I admittedly, from the first page, I was like, "I have low expectations," because sometimes in indie books. If you get like there are certain types of indie books in the horror genre that come out and the writing is not always great. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like it's like, you know, when you consume a sci fi original movie and you're like, this isn't bad, but also like really like you get that like I squint like are we really doing this the way that we're doing this like is this really about to be a sharknado like do I really want to participate in this is this what I want to spend my time on and then about halfway through the book I went shit this is really well written yeah <laughs> i'm i'm really engaged it starts off a little rough because you always have a start a rough start off when you're doing exposition and you've got something so you know s- The way that this has to be where you've got like the older veteran of the industry that's been there forever and the person who specializes in witchcraft. Crazy
1: cast of characters. And so you have to introduce the audience to them in some way. So that does come with a little bit of like Hey Mary, do you have your witchy spells exactly. ready to
0: go? Um, it's
1: not witchcraft. It's blah blah blah. a right. Long paragraph. So like, yeah. you have
0: like two pages of like eye roll. Like, okay, what? A, oh, great. It's gonna be one of these. But then, like, literally, the minute you get through that, suddenly the like action is really fun, and then they yeah. take you into a, a scenario where it's a little bit more like. FBI investigatory mm-hmm. and they're like talking to prisoners and they're doing stuff. And it's like, it it actually felt more law and order meets yeah. monster mash. Yeah. Like it was, <laughs> and then they started to bring in more mythology, yeah. which the minute you bring in mythology to something, I, I, I take you much more seriously yeah. because now I know that you actually know stuff. You're not just making shit up. Yeah. And so it got, it was funny. I felt myself progress from like, eye roll on page one to the middle to the end being like damn I want Nipshue too this was really good I was really impressed yeah
1: yeah it um this book was really fun it really really was it was hack slash meets G.I. Joe it um (laughs) A great it way was to it very meta it's it somehow managed to take itself seriously and not at the same time yes which i thought was really impressive yes very very meta like it feeds into all the you know horror buffs know that for years and years and years there's tropes and rules and oh yeah shit like that and it's this feeds into that um absolutely but then like i said it also kind of takes itself a little seriously you know but it does, it feels like, you know, your typical supernatural-based or sci-fi-based action movie type squad. So yep. it's it's like the squad from Aliens. It's like the squad from Doom. Yep. You know what I mean? It's like the squad from that random John Carpenter video game that came out a while back where you were a psychic dude who took over different members of the, the squad.
0: squad. from Deep Blue Sea. Like... Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, the group from Deep Blue Sea and stuff. You know, it... it feels like that kind of dynamic. A hundred percent. Um though I don't know how deeply they were all scientists.
0: But they all had different per- like there's the one who's like the buff one and there's the one who's like more about the like sympathy. Yeah, that's and fair. like
1: Yeah, it's your it's your typical yeah. it's your typical kind of layout. You've got like the broody lead and you've got like the big tough guy and you've got the broody badass dude who has like a dark secret and like stuff like that. Yeah like, it's all pretty approachable, but they do a nice job mixing it up. It makes sense that you would have this variety. That's why it feels very G.I. Joe, because it makes sense that you would have this kind of, like, variation in this type of squad, right. you know? And G.I. Joe, they're all named after the weird shit that they do. They're like, I'm Ripcord, and I'm uh, the board gamer. I don't know uh, there's board games in our room, and I couldn't think of another <laughs> G.I. Joe name. But you know what I mean? Yeah, um, absolutely. I'm Flashfire. I'm the knee kicker.
0: Grenade man, man. Grenade man. boy. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> I don't
1: know G.I. Joan. I know Duke. Who knows what he does? <laughs> Owns tracts of land in England, I'm assuming. <laughs> Who knows? Uh,
0: oh, Jesus.
1: So, anyway, yeah, it. Hackslash. VGI Joe is exactly what this made me feel, because it had that kind of like meta horror commentary that Hack Slash has. But then it also had the squad based and like very specialized individuals kind of thing. Uh, there's a greater conspiracy to this. So they set up a really interesting story. I'm a bit concerned by that point because bad idea comics tend to be very short. They're usually only like four. I think most of them are four or five issues. I don't think. This one might go to six, but there's none that go beyond six okay. issues uh, for Bad Idea Comics. So we've got like four to six issues to figure out this entire story. But, you know, it's the the world that Bad Idea has created as a publishing house is a world for writers to come in and tell a bit of a story that they want to tell. Maybe they'll want to tell it again later. Yeah, tell more somewhere else. Um, maybe not. Uh, but at the end of the day it's just like a place for them to come in and tell whatever they and you know i can admire it for that i just wish the company side of it was a little bit less mired in like gimmick but yeah. we won't get down that rabbit hole again but monster kill squad very very good i don't think like i said if your only choice is to buy this on ebay at like 10 bucks i'd pass it's not you're not missing out on comic book history here no. it's a very good read Chris, uh, christo's gage you did a very very good job writing this story uh and the art works for the story and you know hey shout out to creators if people have a hard time getting a hold of your stuff without paying extra they're not gonna want it so uh you know maybe we should hold companies more accountable and the third party markets (laughs) more accountable for that just saying you know it could present a problem later but highly recommend it if you're able to get your hands on it just don't go crazy Uh, Also from Bad Idea, next up we have Pirate Queen. It's Pirate with a Y. With a Y. The Pirate Queen. Uh, This is written by Peter Milligan with art by Adam Polina. Polina? Polina. Um, This features, this is a story narrated from the future of a pirate woman who was raised in the pirate life, born and raised into the pirate life uh finds love in the pirate life and ultimately comes into conflict with the British Royal Navy. It's a familiar story for anybody who's read basically any pirate story ever um or those who have frequented the pirate of the Caribbean movies. Um but it's it's a cool tale from a woman's perspective that adds a little bit of different flavor. It also without sugarcoating what the pirates do it does make our band of pirates it positions our band of pirates as a little bit more altruistic and a little bit more morally sound than others uh but yeah t what do you think
0: i thought it was good i thought it was pretty standard pirate fare um i do like it's interesting because i i simultaneously am drawn to and and pushed away from stories that focus on i'm gonna i'm gonna spoil a little bit i'm gonna do a little spoilery She gonna have a baby. Mm -hmm. Um, Which simultaneously draws me in because it's not something you hear about a lot. You don't think about pirates having babies. You think about these like, you know, rambunctious, spontaneous, you know, sexual, exciting pirate women. But you don't really think about like, there's consequences to that. They didn't have like, a ton of Trojans on, on the pirate ships. Like, you know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? Like yeah, yeah. that's not something that was there. So obviously these pirate women are going to be having pirate babies. Um,
1: yeah. You're not about to pull into Tortuga and pick up some plan B. Yeah, you know? exactly. Precisely.
0: Yeah. So that's a very interesting thing for me. I like the perspective that it's coming from a woman. I, I like all these things. I'm a little, I was a little pushed away because some of the r- things that she falls into Feel very cliche for a pirate woman, uh, maybe. Um, very standard. Like, ugh, like the British suck. White British men in the higher up navy. Okay, they suck. We know yeah. they suck. Yep. It sucks. We get it. <laughs> it's upsetting. But I'm excited to see now that we kind of got through that part got through the part where she was immediately in contact with the British. I want to know where she's going now. I want to know where she's going next. That's what I care about. Um because I I that's where we're kind of left off like, what's gonna happen now that she's kinda in the middle ocean. And it it's cool. I like, I like where that could yeah. go. Um I do also want to mention one thing that we didn't talk about on the last one, but um that idea, these two books in particular put minis like little mini short two pagers at the end of their books Mm -hmm. um so both this one and the one previously uh, monster kill squad had like little two three page short stories at the end of their at the end of the books and this one at the end of pirate queen was really cool i was like super into it it was like what if minecraft was done with real people and not pixelated dudes (laughs) and i and it, like, gave context to Minecraft. You know, you kind of just, like, you drop into Minecraft and then you just start building stuff. But, like, how are you building stuff? Where does this stuff come from? How are you doing this? How do you know where to go? It was just mm. a cool, it was like, a cool meta commentary on Minecraft. And it was, like, a weird thing, but I just wanted to or shout like it out.
1: those kind of, like, build and survive type of games. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's, like, a, one of those done in a realistic scope. Yes. Like a sci-fi realistic scope. Like a sci-fi scope. realistic
0: yeah. scope. And, like... I don't know. It was a very compelling three page story. So I just wanted to give it its proper shout out because I was very, I was like, that was really cool. <laughs>
1: yeah. But yeah, pirate queen. Um, <laughs>
0: yes. <Yeah>, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: fine. Um, it's I think it's going to be cool. It's going to be a story of vengeance. You know, it's, it's not necessarily an unfamiliar tale. You know, somebody losing people that they love and the life that they love and seeking out vengeance. They did a really good... Peter Milligan did a really good job making the antagonist an absolute scumbag. Yeah, he's a uh, D-bag. Trigger warning, there is rape. Yep. Um, it, you know, there's a lot of talk about rape, but there's at least one that happens. Um, but yeah, it's it's cool. It's It feels like it's been... I know Image just had a book called A Man Among Ye Come Out that is also a pirate book wasn't as much into that, so it's it's nice having a pirate book that feels very like kind of pulpy. Yeah. And like refreshingly old school in its pirate story. It definitely does. Um, yeah. You know, it it feels almost a little westerny too in kind of the story development of it. I can see it's that. Like these people doing this criminal life, but they're like ready to get out of it and like ready to move on. But then the government or the power kind of forces them back into it. So right. it's you know, it's got kind of a noir or a western type vibe to it too, because of those kind of elements. Um it's cool. It's a cool book. And yeah, the backup story was really fun. So, uh this one's another one that's worth picking up if you can find it and not have to pay a ton for it.
0: Yeah. Don't don't break your bank for these books, man. Don't <laughs> don't feed it. Yeah. Don't, don't feed the beast. Don't feed the system, man. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Do y'all remember when ENIAC 1 was like $150? (laughs) It's not even good. (laughs) Anyway, uh, finally, we're going to talk about a book from Aftershock, a company that doesn't deal in gimmicks. Um, And a company I very much like. This is called Almost American Number 1. It is written by Ron Mars with art by Marco Castiello. Uh, this is a book about two it's actually a true story book you can look up these people they exist uh, Jan and Jan and Victoria Newman actually exist um, look them up at your own uh, warning though your own caution because uh, it might ruin this story for you uh it did for me but now I'm excited to see if this story if this book, covers all the stuff that happens but um yeah very real people they are russian spies that defected to the u.s they went to we see them going to the dominican Republic and demanding to speak to the cia uh they get passed off to embassy agents possibly cia possibly fbi i think they did more interaction with the fbi but uh you know they work out a deal with the agents to be Granted sanctuary in the U S and that's where the first issue stops and then previous or following issues will pick up Uh T.
0: I really enjoyed this one. And I think what I liked the most about it is that it is based on a true story. I have not looked up anything about them, so I am not spoiled. I did read a little bit about the stuff in the back that they kind of talk about the real people. And that was really cool. Um, but, I don't know what's coming, so I'm very excited, especially now that I hear that it's like going to be super fun.
1: Yeah, it's not too much of a spoiler for anybody who isn't naive. The FBI screws them over royally constantly. (laughs) Man, I'm not surprised. (laughs) So for anybody who has a certain outlook and perspective on history, namely the true one... Uh, yeah, the government really treats them like shit, and the FBI really effs them over. It's not a paradise life. And the book kind of leaves off on that. The last page is them standing in the rain as somebody's like, welcome to America. So it kind of builds that tone. I think that's the direction that it's going to go, because, I mean, that's the true story. They're not yeah. going to sell you a story that didn't exist.
0: True. One of the things I really liked about this is that it felt very real yeah. in that it felt very much like you're sitting in a room with these people and they're articulating the story that they lived. Like the dialogue isn't always perfect. And I think that's because it feels like someone retelling a memory of what they happened. Like this person said this and this person said that it's never going to be perfect. Like it feels organic that way because it's not, Overproduced. Does that make sense? Yeah. It, it just feels, it feels like this guy sat down with a comic book writer and a comic book artist and was like, this is what happened to us. Write this down. I
1: kind of feel <laughs> the same about that one we talked about, uh, Hot Valley Days, Cocaine Nights. Yes. About the cocaine dealer. Yes. Feels very organic that way too. Yeah, like yeah. it's
0: not always perfect. Sometimes the, the dialogue's a little clunky here and there, but I like that more. Like that feels more natural. Like you're getting the story from the source. You know what I mean? It's not
1: overly romanticized.
0: Yeah, yeah it's not overly romanticized and it's not overly produced and it doesn't feel like a writer's like trying to perfect this thing that they're making up. Like... It's, it's a dude telling a story, and I yeah. like that. I think that's really, really cool.
1: Yeah. There's no action in this book. It's all just the setup for the story. Um, But, I mean, it's a true story, so it's not going to have these, like, big bombastic kind of conflicts and explosions and stuff like that. Maybe it will. I don't know what their life in Oregon was like. Who knows? It's true. <laughs> they could have fought a kaiju, for all I know. <laughs> I'll be surprised. But I'm just saying, don't go into this book expecting, like, a true lies-type espionage story. It's not that kind of story. It's more in reality. And for anybody who knows about, like, the kind of more real world of espionage, it's more about data than it is about, like, looking sexy and shooting people.
0: It's also cool because this takes place in a modern setting. And I feel like a lot of the time when you hear about, like a Russian defecting spy. You think very Cold War. Or you yeah. Think, I, yeah like, that's earlier in the. In I the 19- yeah.
1: thought this book was going to be about the Americans. Like, you know, that show, the Americans. Yeah. That's based off of the like Cold War sleeper agents. Right. Right. I thought it was going to be about those. Like I when I first heard this and heard that it was about like Russian spies in America. And yeah. It's called Almost American. I thought it was going to be another look at that, which was during the Cold War. Right. Like in like the 80s. And so I was really expecting that. So when it was like Dominican Republic 2008, I was <laughs> like, oh, shit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I had the same response. Right, I was cool. like,
0: wow, this is like, yeah. this is like now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh,
1: I think this will be a fun book and it's not, you know, we don't see a lot of like monthly true crime or true life stories coming out, you know, so yeah. it'll be it'll be nice to see this one kind of progress.
0: I agree. I I really liked this one. I think this one's got a lot, a lot of potential.
1: So that's going to do it for us. Yes. Uh, We thank you guys for listening, uh, unless you work for Bad Idea, and then go ahead and turn it off because you're not going to like what you hear. Um, (laughs) I guess you've already heard it, but whatever. Uh,
0: (laughs) It's not going to get better.
1: (laughs) Yeah. If you want more episodes of Cover B, including other ones where I talk about how crappy Bad Idea is, You can find those episodes on our website at Yep. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, the TikTok, the Instagram yep. uh, at
0: Coverby Podcast. That's right. Uh, we will have a new episode for you on soon. <laughs> Monday. Monday. Yeah. That will be on Shang-Chi.
1: Shang-Chi. We're going to go out and see Shang-Chi. So we'll have a real extra for that on Monday. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, I didn't
0: completely forget what day of the week it was.
1: (laughs) Hit us up on social media. Let us know if there's anything you want us to talk about in future episodes. Yeah. Uh, Otherwise, we'll catch you back here for the next episode of Of Cover Cover
0: B. Bye, everybody.